The antidote is hanging out with Josh Goggin of 68. Josh, awesome to have you with us. Uh, it's good to be here. And we're sharing coffee at Tim's, which is just a staple of any touring musician. Okay, favorite coffee anywhere? Um, well, uh, we actually played Israel uh, earlier this year, and I don't remember. The, I think the place was actually called Aroma. That was by far. I mean, I just ordered coffee. I didn't nothing special, nothing nothing fancy, and it was just it was it was amazing. Um, and then in Australia, if you get iced coffee, it always tastes uh, just amazing. I, I don't know what they do. I think they put a little ice cream in it or something. I don't know what they do, but it's it's delicious and it's. Uh, it's great, but I'm not that picky, so it helps, you know, to get coffee wherever I'm at. <laughs> okay, i got to ask an apology, because years ago, I was not a fan of the Chariot. But once I really get spending some time listening, that's when I got hooked. Right okay, on. so now, you're still cool with talking? Of course, of course. Uh, the Chariot's not for everyone, you know. We didn't write music that was, you know, easy to swallow or whatever, you know, at first glance. So, um, I actually hear that quite a bit. We do quite a bit of tours that weren't really our bag, I guess, you know, but we would, we'd try to tour as much as we could and there'd be people that see us and not really get it, not be into it. And then like two years later, you know, they would come up to us and be like, say really nice things. You know, they were like, oh, I love you guys or whatever. Like, thanks. And they'd be like, yeah, I actually saw you on this tour and, and I hated it. <laughs> or, or they'll be like, yeah, my older brother loves it, but, but I hated it. And then, you know, fast forward two years, they love it. So I take that as a compliment, you know what I mean? I, I'm not... I like it when it's not spoon-fed and, you know, mass-friendly and easy to take, you know what I mean? I, I feel like that's that that's for some people, but it's not it's not the world that I'm in, so. What are you missing the time with the Chariot? Because now it's 68, two-piece. That's a bit of a change. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I um, obviously I love everything I did with the Chariot, but I mean, that was 10 years of my life, and, uh, you know, I'm always down for a new adventure, a new journey, and, uh, so, you know, I try not to look back, you know, I, I try to appreciate the past, but not let it sort of define my future. And for me, here I am with 68 and I'm loving it. I love what I'm doing. I love, um, you know, I love doing the two piece and, and uh, you know, just touring as much as we can with this. And, uh, you know, I love what I did with the chariot, but that was then and this is now. And I mean, is there some stuff that you miss? Of course, so there's there's pros and cons to every situation, every, every time period, you know. And uh, so I just try to make the most of where I'm at right now, which is obviously 68, and I'm, I'm loving it. You know, it's a good time for sure. Well, I hate asking about band names, but titling yourself 68, you left yourself wide open. <laughs> so is it the year that grabs you so much? Um, it is the year, but it, it's more my, my father owned a 68 Camaro, and uh, that, that car was amazing, and uh, my father's passed away now, and that that car really kind of brought us together in, in ways that um, any cool old car might, might, might do a father and son um, and so when I was doing this band and, and trying to name it and stuff it just kind of kept popping in my head and I wanted something that was um, easy to identify and the very first thing I want to do is I, want, I wanted to travel the world with this with the chariot I was, I was fortunate enough to go all over the world and with this, I wanted to continue that, and uh, I didn't want any language barrier, any anything like that. So I figured a six and an eight, two numbers. Everyone has that number system, you know. They may say it differently, but you can identify it. And so it was just something that kept popping in my head, and kept. And I like the simplicity of it, you know. With the chariot, it was you know a long, uh, you know, it's a longer word, you know, and uh, 
so 68 is just so small and compact and I just um yeah it's just it's so different than what I was doing that it just kind of kept popping in my head and I was I went with it you know well talking about being different when you and I were walking down the street here to grab a coffee and I was saying how I don't really fit the profile of a rocker viewer. <laughs> and I said, you know, you don't really fit the profile of the type of music that you sing. you got to admit, you've got the plaid shirt, you don't see the tattoos, you're all mellow when you come out on stage, you just got the guitar hanging around you. You ever find that's a bit of a dichotomy? Um, I don't know. I, I just, I try not to put on a facade you know what I mean I just try to be who I am and that makes my life a lot easier like mentally because I don't have to be a character or anything and I know a lot of people that are genuine but there's also a lot of people that are characters you know what I mean and you hang out with them and they're like oh that's the most easygoing guy nicest guy but on stage they're uh, something totally different and teach his own you know I'm not knocking that but for me uh, dichotomy or not I, I, it's just easier for me to just be who I am and then if people are into it cool if they're not that's cool but I don't have to like flip a switch you know when I'm oh I'm now I'm in public oh now I'm hanging out with my friends like it's all just who I am and wherever that falls in the line it's like that's fine with me you know what I mean if it fits then it fits if it doesn't it doesn't that's fine but the music I write and the the stuff that I like I mean it's stuff that's also genuinely just a passion of mine you know and, and so I don't have to fake that either um, so it's quite nice, you know, and I know a handful of people and some of them are definitely characters and they have to, you know, they flip it on depending on where we're at and that just seems stressful to me, so. <laughs> well, going to a two-piece, I thought that would have raised your stress levels tremendously because you've got you, Josh, on vocals guitar, Michael on the kit. And I would have thought with not having that support of a band like when you were with the Chariot, mm -hmm. that that would have raised your stress level. It definitely does. It does and it doesn't. When it when it all works and everything, it's it's uh, it's quite nice. Um, but I do I have, you know, I just sang in the chariot, so I, I didn't have to worry about anything. I just grabbed my mic and went. But with this, you know, I got pedals. Um, I'm playing guitar and everything else. So I guess technically, by definition, yes, there's a lot more stress involved. But I'm but I write a little bit stressful music, so I feel like it fits okay and it goes with it. You know, the the music um, with the chariot is obviously pretty stressful, but with with '68, it's it's even got a little bit of that tension and a little bit of the like push and pull. So it's okay for me. You know what I mean? I, I, I obviously there's shows that don't go as planned, which that's fine you know we, we try to build a show we don't have set lists we don't have we just kind of make it up as we go and and um, you know we, we pick the songs right there in the moment and sometimes sometimes when it works you couldn't convince someone that it wasn't planned out you know with a, with a, with a set list and, a, and we've practiced it a hundred times but there's sometimes where it's like a train wreck you know and, 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 and we just aren't feeding each other we aren't reading each other right you know and um, but I think both are fun to watch and at least people who like have known me for a minute or known the idea of what I'm doing, I think it's, you can remember that we are humans playing human music, you know, and that to me is what it's all about. Like we don't hit a space bar and then just phone it in the rest of the way. We we play music and, and uh, so even when those days where it's a train wreck, I think people um, people still say really nice things at those shows. and. And, the, and I think it's because they just, you know, genuinely enjoy watching a guy like, I mean, we've stopped songs before and been like, whoa, we, we weren't playing the same song, you know, um, because sometimes when it works, it's just a, a glimpse of an eye or a, or a, 
hand motion or something where and we just go into the next song and it fits perfectly and then sometimes you know like i said we'll go in something different but at least people know that it's genuine and it we're actually playing what we're playing you know it's not all like from a computer and perfectly every night because bands they've been doing it for years and teach his own but they practice a set at their house you know and for the next month they play that exact same set every single variable that can be different is different you got a different city it's a weekend or a weekday you got different people you got uh, Canada or the United States you got the southeast or the northeast you got you know everything that can be different is different except the set seems to be the same every single night same joke same thing same and so that's fine that that, that is kind of a comfort I guess but for me it's like I would rather catch the vibe and, and let the show create itself um, and again sometimes it's a very magical moment when we do it right and we feel it and it's there sometimes it's not but at least it's their own show like if we're playing Chicago it's like hey you just had your own thing that you created we created and we did it together it wasn't the same exact you know cookie cutter thing from yesterday and the day before and up in Canada and down here um, so I think people kind of appreciate that, whether they can put their finger on it or not. I think they're along for the ride. Um, and like I said, we, we've had more good shows than bad shows, so so far so good. <laughs> Effectively, it's like watching the ultimate jam session. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, it, it's uh, it's funny because, you know, if we play, like uh, this summer we did Warp Tour, and it was, you know, we had 30 minutes, we got to get on, get off, you know, so we try to... We try to keep it pretty clean and tight, you know, whatever we do. And then with this, like, we're, we're with the Machine right now, and it's just, you know, we can kind of do what we want to do. And they, we have a little time slot, but they don't really care, you know, and they've told us, like, just do what you do. And so, you know, there's times where, I mean, if crowd's vibing and we're vibing and it's all going, I mean, we'll we'll jam out for a while, you know, and something, you know, and, like, we'll clock it in later and be like, wow, we just played that song for nine minutes. <laughs> but it felt right, you know. Well, something I've noticed, seeing you live, it's almost like 68, the music bridges between chaos and art. Is there a defining line between those two? I don't think so, you know? I mean, I think there's a little chaos in everything, and I, and I think art needs to be chaotic. I, I like pictures of roses and paintings and this and the other, but at the end of the day, it's like I, I like chaos and something that, again, sort of defines life and defines sort of where you're at and what you do. and. Um, for me, it's there's no distinction. I'm just creating art, and sometimes it feels very, very smooth, and everything's even with the music I write. Sometimes it it feels good. There's a, a harmony going on, or whatever. But then sometimes yeah, I want that tension. I want it to feel uneasy, you know, and stressful. And and uh, and I think you know, as I create art, sometimes it's one way, sometimes it's another way. But together, it, it makes something that you know. I think as far as I can relate to, you know what I mean? I, I can relate to the beauty and the stress, you know, because that's the way life is to me, you know? The Chariot finished up, 68 started, but you really put the recording and the writing of In Humor and Sadness on the fast track. What was the rush? Well, I didn't want to overthink it. Uh, I knew that it was going to be, mentally, it was going to be a real challenge for me because part of me doesn't want to do the chariot part two and then part of me doesn't want to do a pop band and then part of me doesn't you know and and so i think if i had you know six months to ride or something like that i think it would have mentally i don't know if i could have handled it and uh and i'm, I'm pretty wise in, in what i can and can't handle and so i i, I need I, I literally wrote almost all of it in about a week week and a half um 
because whatever I was impulsively wanting to hear and wanting to, to throw down is a blank slate, you know what I mean? I wasn't writing a, a, a chariot record. Um, I was writing a brand new thing, so, so it was a blank slate, and I didn't want to have time to overthink it, you know? I was just, I threw songs down. I, I built a little studio in, in the studio that I, I record at, Matt Goldman's. I, I, I took one of the rooms, and I just made it my own little sort of studio-ish thing, and as I would come up with ideas, I would just record it right then and there, record them, start building songs from there, and and if I liked it, I kept it. If I didn't like it, I would delete it. I mean, it was a very forward-moving train, one way. I never looked back. I never, you know, was like, well, maybe this was cool, because I couldn't handle that, you know. And, and like I said, the mental wherewithal of, of what do I do? Do I do something heavy? I can't be too heavy. I don't want to be the cherry part two. I don't want to do, I don't want to be pop. I don't want to, you know. So I just wrote, and I just created, and I just recorded. And at the end of the day, I, I think I had about, I don't know, 11 or 12 songs. And I, I took them in to Matt Goldman, who records all our records uh, in the Chariot and in 68. Um, and I said, here they are. And we, we picked the 10 best and went with those. And it was a very um, impulsive and very uh, spontaneous. I didn't give myself time to, to think on it and be like, well, people are going to want, oh, the label's going to want, like, this is just me and what I wanted to hear at that time. And, and so some of the parts I think you can hear the chariot in you know and then some of the parts could be translated into like a pop song and then that's fine you know what i mean it's i didn't want too many boundaries I, I didn't want too many things i just wanted to throw it all down there very impulsively and at the end of the day it's a record that i you know i'm very proud of and i and i enjoy greatly and now i think i have the path of what 68 sounds like and where where we're going and uh and it's a it's a great record for me because it it, it really opened the door I, I could write a couple songs that are more rock, kind of bluesy, Black Keys-ish, and, and I think it, nobody would be like, ah, oh, that's that's weird. And I could also write a couple songs that are very The Chariot-esque, you know, and I don't think people would be, I don't think it would, I don't think it would, like, alienate anybody, because I think it fits in what we're doing, you know, so. And that means we can also look forward to your pop album. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when I, as, as soon as I sell out and start making money. <laughs> You're talking a little bit about the song development, and I found the lyrics on In Humor and Sadness really seem to bounce between positive and negative thoughts. Was there a specific message you were trying to give on the recording? Um, not, not, it wasn't a pre-planned message or anything. Again, it was very impulsive, just like the writing, the lyrics were very quick, you know, very impulsive, and didn't want to spend too much time, like, overthinking stuff, but in humor and sadness even the title of it is it's life you know I, I think with life again you can't avoid the bad things and I think trying to avoid them might be unhealthy at least for me it seems to be unhealthy and so in humor and sadness it's kind of like you know that that is life sometimes it's a, a blast and hilarious and sometimes it's very very deep and dark and and um I think it's finding beauty in both. You know what I mean. Obviously, when you're when everything's going well, it's easy. But finding uh, an adventure in the struggle or or the making the journey. I don't think life should be like an end goal. You know, I think it should be a, a journey that you enjoy. It's like a road trip. It's not a vacation. You know, and um, I think when you're able to get that, I think it makes for a healthier situation. And so, as the lyrics came out, I was able to play on that a little bit you know the humor part of it the sadness part of it and uh 
and so I think it came out as you said, but it wasn't necessarily a pre-planned thing of like, ooh, I want to make sure I have, you know, the black and the white. I want to have the dark, the light. I want to have the, you know, the up and the down. I, I just, I just was able to do both, you know, and, and able to go in there because I knew what I wanted to call the CD um, early on. So I think it all kind of like meshed naturally and kind of came out very, uh, very naturally. Okay, so the songs came out naturally. The title was easy. But naming the songs themselves, that was a struggle for you? Because um, they were numbered, and then you added a letter for each one. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's me living in the wrong generation, I think. The technology sort of got the best of me. So I wanted to have no titles. I just wanted it to be nothing. Just nothing, not even, not even track one, track two. I just wanted it to be nothing, and then people would probably obviously call them track one, track two, whatever. But I didn't want to have any art that represented anything. Uh, and that was what I was doing. I was st sticking to it. I, I, I quite often get into it with my labels and my uh, quote-unquote people. But you know, I'm 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 like, yo, this is what I want to do. You know, I'm the artist. Let me let me do this. And then usually we find a, a you know a way to do it. But so I was like, this is what I'm doing. And they were literally like, we can't do that. This isn't the day and age of just like a vinyl and a CD. This is the day and age where. Like, literally, like, iTunes, like, I don't know who that is, Apple or whoever hit our label up. It was like, we, we just can't do it. And, I mean, it's a way longer conversation. But basically, they were like, we have to have something on there. So I was like, we'll just do track one, track two, track whatever. And then they got into another weirdness with even just that because it's so undefined that they couldn't... I mean, literally, stuff as simple as like sending the payment to the right person and the and the making sure the label it is just a mess, and so technology just kind of like snuck up on me and and uh, and I kind of had to like keep backtracking, and so at the end of the day, I was like, here, track one, here's one letter, track two, here's another letter, track three, here's another letter, and uh, so they were happy and I was happy and. Regret not, which is what it spells out, is something that I, again, genuinely believe in. It's, it's a thought process. I, I think a lot of people live their life uh, out of fear, and, and sometimes that's a very tricky thing because I think uh, out of fear of failure. That's, that seems to be how people, people are very afraid of failing, and I welcome the idea of it because I'm like, if I can try something and fail, that's fine. At least I tried, but if I don't try it, that's regret. Like, what if I would have done it? What if I would have succeeded? What if I would have whatever? And I think so many people live out of this, like, fear of, of failure. And uh, it's a very unhealthy way to live, in my humble opinion. But having regret is something that will stay with you forever and ever. Uh, until the day you die, you'll be thinking, man, what if I would have tried that? Or what if I would have tried to, to do this new band? Or what if I would have tried to, to take this vacation? I don't know. Whatever it is, you know. And so... So my life, uh, I, I'm not trying to preach to anyone else, but for me in my life, it's like regret is a real thing that I, I try to avoid it if at all possible. Uh, fear of failing is, is something I don't really care about much because um, if you can go about trying stuff, if you do fail, it's like, well, now you know, and let's move on to that next thing. But, you know, that's, that gives you the liberty to succeed in these, in these other areas that you'd have never even, you'd have never tried, you know what I mean? And, and so... So regret not was very important to me, and, and and so at the end of the day, I'm happy that I got to name the songs that. But it definitely, you know, it, as an artist, it's hard when you, you know, have an idea or have a plan, and then you feel like you're kind of watering it down for, uh, 
technology, you know, sometimes that can be hard to <laughs> to swallow. But at the end of the day, I'm happy with where we're at and where what, what came out of it, you know. So, so effectively, iTunes is corrupting the art of '68 and Josh Goggin. Always, always. Uh, yeah, it's that that that's not the first time we've ran into beef, so <laughs> it probably won't be the last. So, Josh, your music started with Norma Jean, went on to the Chariot. '68 is the third step. What's going to be step ten in thirty years? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Stand-up comedy juggling act. I don't know. Who who knows, man? I'm just trying to live today and, you know, play show tonight, you know. I, I try not to, uh, to have goals or plans or thoughts, you know, ahead of time. I just try to, like, hang out. And I'm, I'm on this train as long as it'll carry me. And people seem to be digging it and into it. So I love playing music. You know, with the chariot, it, it wrapped up very naturally. It wasn't like we have to part ways. I mean, we were at, had the best year we'd ever had as a band. And, uh... So, and you did your best album. Well, thank you. That's very nice. I I, I don't disagree. I, I uh, it was one of my favorite albums, and the way it ends is just. I mean, that was definitely something we talked about. It's like, man, I couldn't, I couldn't plan a farewell album if if I tried that that fit what I you know thought should fit. Uh, yeah, that was worded weird. But basically, the the way that one wing ends is like, wow, this even feels like the last record, even though we didn't write it as that, you know. And it's like, if we try to write another record, I'll be trying to plan how to end it, you know, and like, this is already ending perfectly. So let's just go with that, you know. So uh, all that to say, you know, who knows what, what the future holds, but I, I definitely am I'm enjoying this. And uh, Michael, my drummer, I mean, we're, we're going around the world, hanging out with new people and, and seeing new cultures, new things that I, I, I didn't even get to see with the chariot. And so it's very, um, I'm very grateful to have been doing it for so long and to still be here uh you know with people who seem to care a little bit you know so it's quite nice so when everybody goes for a hunt for your music online instead of going and finding uh, pictures of 68 camaros how do they find the band 68 um i think an apostrophe in 68 i think will give you a result I've never searched for it myself, but I know like on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, all that stuff, uh, it will pop up. Oddly enough, 68 is a pretty uh, common number, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I, th I think if you look hard enough, you'll find it. Um, maybe type in Josh Scoggin as well or something like that, and it'll definitely pop up. But uh, Or just buy it from us at a live show. There you go. That, then there's no confusion. <laughs> Josh Goggins been meeting with the antidote here at the best venue on the planet, Tim Hortons. Thanks, man, for sharing. Thank you so much.